Drum roll, please. From WNYC, you are listening to the Radio Rookies Podcast. A show that puts listeners in the shoes of teenagers. Our lives. Our communities. Our world. Radio Rookies helped me learn that the power of the mic. That the power of the mic is a beautiful thing. I'm Courtney Stein, a producer here at WNYC's Radio Rookies. I worked with Rainey, the reporter of the story you're about to hear, for almost two years on this piece. Rainey joined Rookies when she was 17, and at that time, she'd been out of an abusive relationship for five months. She knew this was the story she wanted to report. We were nervous about her safety, but she made it clear that it was her story to tell. A note to listeners, this story contains graphic descriptions of violence against women. You recording? Yeah, she's recording. I'm recording. This is live recording coming from West Brooklyn's community AC office. I started reporting the story in the fall of 2013. This is Radio Rookie Lorraine reporting live. (laughs) I hadn't really been going to school for over two and a half years, so I transferred to an alternative high school for kids who dropped out but are trying to come back and graduate. We all have assigned counselors. We call them ACs. Okay, so I'm here with my own AC, Elizabeth. They check in with us every day. So um, how have I been? As a student. When I first started, Lorraine was only a name on my roster because she would never come to school. And now she's here every day. She's doing what she needs to do. And she's a potential June graduate. Definite June graduate. Clear that up. (laughs) You know, got to clear that one up. Since I never came to school when I first transferred here, Elizabeth only knew me by my school ID picture. So my first impression of you, I saw your picture... I saw a little girl in size with a black eye. So I thought to myself, what's going on? I said, did you get into a fight? And you said, no. But you were like, "Uh, it's a long story. You'll get to know me. I had a black eye for the whole first week. I thought people were thinking that I got beat up by a girl or something. That I'm soft. Do the dance. (laughs) Nicole's my best friend, but I call her my stepsister because my mom and her dad used to date. We all live together, kind of like a family. I'm the only one who calls her Nicole. Everyone else calls her by her nickname. My name's Nikki Boombox, but no, I'm sorry. (laughs) She was with me when I first met... Mm, I don't want to use his actual name. What should his name be in my story? Doodoo face. (laughs) I'm going to call him... Tony, the guy who became my first serious boyfriend. I met him the summer after 8th grade. By the time we started dating, I was 14, and he was 21. Six years, six months, and six days older than me. 666. It's creepy, right? Nicole remembers when we met him. In the beginning, don't get me wrong, he fooled me too. He fooled all of us. I really thought he was actually really good. I was like, oh my god, he's really nice. I would never expect him to actually ever lay a hand on you. So what do you think drew me to him in the first place? His looks. Can't deny it. The fact that he's older. He's short, with tan skin, big pretty eyes, and an Italian schnoz. He has tattoos and a clean-cut beard. When you think of that arrogant guy that all the girls want, that's Tony. He walks with confidence, dresses flashy, and wears big chains. But he also made you feel like you were special, like you were wanted. He was actually putting some effort into it. He would text you back. He would 
pick you up from the school. He didn't even try to kiss you the first time you hung out. The poems, the song, the rap he made on Facebook. He made a video of it. Yeah. The lyrics went something like, don't worry, baby. It doesn't matter about the age. <laughs> Back then, Nicole took a video of me watching it. Oh I really couldn't stop smiling. God. Whereas Nicole would say, cheesing OD. Politics. No, you're cheesing OD. I've never seen you cheese like that. When we first got together, he liked that I was smart and young and pretty. He wanted to shape me into his perfect wifey before I got to the age where he says girls become whores. I was getting 90s when I started the ninth grade. I would show him my report card, but he didn't pay it any mind. He just saw high school as a place for guys to bag girls. He didn't tell me to skip school. He just punished me when I went. He'd ignore me after I came back or show up at school and flirt with girls in front of me. So I just hung out with him in his room all day instead of going to class. I didn't want him to think I was cheating. I wasn't even talking to Nicole. Everything you thought was just about him. Like you just completely stopped caring about everything and he really had that control over you. How did I look back look? then? You look like a ghost. <laughs> completely dead, skinny as hell. Like, you still look good, don't get me wrong, but you still had that dead look in your face like you weren't happy at all. He was verbally abusive way before he became physically abusive. He talked to me so nasty that I could feel it. The bruises clear up, but the words stick with you, and they change how you act. He would tell me, you're boring, you're awkward, you're the weirdest of the weird, you'll never fit in anywhere. And I believed him. I didn't feel like I belonged anywhere. I didn't talk to anyone anymore, including my mom. I lied to her about how old he was and started coming home late, or not at all. I was livered, man. I, I wanted you home. This is my mom. She used to be a drug addict, but she's been clean for 10 years now. She's pretty ditzy and forgetful, but she's definitely there for me. What were you doing then? Worrying, cursing, yelling. At me. At you. At him. Try punishing me, try taking my things away. Punishment, taking your things away. Didn't matter. Nothing she did worked, because I wouldn't let it. She knew I was the only one that could stop myself from seeing him. The first time he hit me was because I was looking through his Facebook. I caught him messaging his ex, so he slapped me across the face. He was yelling at me, telling me to get out. It escalated from there. Then, one night, two years into our relationship, we went to his friend's birthday, and he got really drunk. I went to sleep at his place and woke up to him pouring water on my face and dragging me out of bed by my hair. He was yelling and calling me names, like a dirty whore and a slut and a piece of trash. He slapped me and grabbed things from around the room like lighters and medicine bottles, and threw them at me. He was screaming that he hopes my mom dies. I had choke marks on my neck, but he wasn't really choking me to cut off oxygen. It was more like choking me to grab me and throw me around. After he did that, I went over to Nicole's. My mom showed up there and started freaking out and crying when she saw me. So I walked down the block to my friend Steven's house. You came and then I seen you. 
and once I seen you, I just felt bad. Then you started crying, and you told me you didn't see it yet. So, brought you in my bathroom, and I made you look, and you didn't want to look at it. So I told you we weren't leaving until you looked at it. When I looked in the mirror, I saw a face covered in tears, red and swollen, with blue marks on my cheeks, under my eyes, on my neck, and on my arms. I just couldn't believe I was looking at my own reflection. And when he hit you, I wanted to have him arrested, but you wouldn't let me. My mom promised me she wouldn't call the police, but it was a trick because she knew my brother would. They came, they tried to talk to you, but you wouldn't give him up. I saw the cop car outside, so I hid in the bathroom. The cop stood outside the door and kept asking me if I got hit. He was like, just say yeah, that's all you have to say. I said no, so they didn't press charges. Would you guys, you guys followed a report or something? What'd you guys do? No, they wouldn't let us file a report. We tried to, um, any which way, get him for something, and we couldn't because you were over 16. There's no proof that he was having sex with you before that age, so I couldn't have him arrested. Mm -hmm. They told me I needed to go to the DA, so I called the DA, and they didn't, like, want to be bothered with it because it was consensual, which isn't the law. The law is that he's an adult, and he shouldn't have been having sex with you. That's the law. And he should have went to jail. After that happened, he and I didn't talk for a week. Then he showed up at my school. He had this really sad face on. He brought me a burger. He doesn't know how to say sorry, so I guess the whole act was kind of like an apology. The look on his face was just so sad that, I don't know, it convinced me to go back. He was overly nice at first. Extra big smiles, longer kisses... But then he started talking about how you got to put your girl in her place. He kept accusing me of cheating on him, and I just had enough. So after two months, we finally broke up, and I moved back in with my mom. How do you feel since I came back? Oh, so relieved that I have my baby back. I'm so done with it. Like, I'm just like, free like birds, wings in a cage. I feel like I just feel great. <laughs> like, oh Yo, like it feels good not to feel bad. <laughs> thank God, thank God. I and hate him. This is Nicole again. Yeah. I still hate him. I'll always hate him. I would like he'll be the one I would kill. I'll keep his boxes on, but cut him up into little pieces, <laughs> put cement in a body bag, dump him down in the ocean, and just smile, smile, and just smiley. The monster is gone. We gotta get rid of these monsters. I'm just telling you, and I'm gonna be the one. I'm gonna be Dexter. She's confessing murder. (laughs) Actually, just because this is recorded, I'm kidding. (laughs) Anyway, so I'm looking through my old diary. I mean, I have like. Diary entries from, like, the very, very beginning. A a star means we got into an argument. A heart means it was a good day. The circle means he ignored me the whole day. Good things about breaking up with Tony. I get to hang out with Nicole. And get to go back to school. Bad things about breaking up with Tony. I'm alone. I feel like I just need someone to distract me. To take my mind off things. And I don't have anyone now. Even on Christmas. My mom was at her boyfriend's house. So I was on my own. 
I was just in my bed looking at Facebook. Tony posted the status saying how Christmas will never be the same. He obviously meant that for me since it was our anniversary. My heart stopped for a second. When he's in my life, I don't know, it's like, it's the one thing that just gets me going. Like, really gets me going. I just wanted him to understand that he was wrong about everything he accused me of. So I decided to write it all in a letter. We started talking, but only over Facebook. I wanted to keep my distance. For a couple of weeks, we went back and forth. He wasn't being pushy. He was actually being really sweet. So I agreed to see him. And I ended up staying the night. This is Courtney, Rainey's Radio Rookies producer. Rainey was working on her story with me for about a month before she disappeared. She stopped returning my texts at Christmas time. When school started again in January, Rainey wasn't there. Then, a few weeks into the semester, her English teacher Aaron emailed me. Rainey was back. I met her after school and set her up to record a diary. I'm just going to put it on hold. You don't have to do anything. You can even just put it in your pocket. Okay. okay. You just press play when I want to record? Um, or is it recording already? Okay, okay, okay. I will be back. <sighs> All classrooms have teachers. Flee, 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 flee. You know, I don't think I'm supposed to be in this room. Oh, but I'm going to be in here anyway. So, I've obviously got back with my ex. I've been on the lookout for abusive behavior to see if he's going to revert back to his old ways. I mean, at first, he was, you know, how you'd expect, sweet, gentle, nice, caring, all those things, but I've noticed some behavior that I don't like about a week, two or three weeks ago. He told me to shut up in a nasty way. I mean, it It's not that big of a deal, but I felt like it was a sign that the pattern might reemerge. I mean, he, he, he's rough just by nature. Um, I don't think that's abusive, though. I think that's just how he is. But at times I don't really like it. I know that in a lot of ways, he's a really bad person. But I know that he could be a good person. No one's all bad. We slip back into our old routine of me never going home or going to school almost immediately. He became slowly more disrespectful and then violent. Again. I was surprised because I really hoped it was going to be different this time. I remember being 13 and just being like, I just want to be 17. When I'm 17, that's going to be the perfect age. It's just, I'm still a kid, but I'm not yet able to be held responsible for a lot of things. <laughs> and I get to 17, and it's like, wow, this is what 17 looks like. That's what my 17 looks like. Rainy barely showed up to school for the rest of the year. She was supposed to graduate, but didn't. From the beginning... Rainey told me she wanted to tell this story so she could try to understand herself and figure out why she was ever with him. She said that if she understood, that might help her leave. So over the course of the next year, 
Rainy would reemerge for a day or two, go to school, record a bit, and then be gone again. I insisted that if we were going to keep producing this story together, that she meet with someone from an organization called Day One. They work with young survivors of intimate partner violence. I messed up right. I'm too nervous. Yeah, it's fine. Um, so my name is Sarah Gonzalez. I'm the community educator at Day One. Okay, so my first question is, what are the signs of teen dating abuse? So what's extremely common in teen relationships is the forced absence from school, right? So if I'm forcing you to be absent from school, I'm affecting your grades, which will then affect how you graduate, if you graduate, when you graduate. That's actually exactly what happened to me. It's funny you brought that up. Um, I should be a senior now, and I'm still not graduating. So... I am usually looked at as someone who could be considered a strong female. I don't let guys mess with me. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't put up with stuff like that. But then somehow I'm in this relationship and I allow myself to get stepped over. The only thing that I would change in that is the allowed part, right? People, even with good intentions, unintentionally blame victims um, or survivors, right? So we say things like, if that person just had self-esteem, it would be okay. What that tells someone is that it's your fault because you don't have the esteem to leave, when that's not really the case. On average, it takes seven to nine times for someone to leave. So just because someone went back doesn't mean that they're never going to leave. I mean, every time we get into a fight and things start getting really bad, I'm just sitting there like, you should be leaving right now. You need to get your stuff. You need to get out the door. You need to go home. And I, I never do it every single time and every single time I blame myself because I, I, I have feet I can walk if I want to but I don't um, have you ever asked yourself the other question like what makes me stay or what keeps me here I mean I do and I don't understand the answer because <laughs> it doesn't make sense why being happy 5% of the time makes you stay I don't know you know you do love your partners right and so a lot of times what you really want is just for the abuse to stop but you still want to be with your partner I mean, we have happy times. We'll cuddle and laugh. Sometimes even cooks. Or makes us tea. You can say, okay, I should be leaving. And if you don't, it's just like today wasn't the day that I was leaving. Right? As opposed to blaming yourself because then that might keep you there a little longer. It's like, okay, it didn't happen today, but it can happen tomorrow. I mean, what are you doing with your life? I know you're at that boy's house. My assigned counselor has been leaving me voicemails. I never even listen to them. So don't shut down because you're with this boy. We already spoke about this. The weather was bad. You don't do snow. I know all your excuses in the book, but right now the weather's better. So you should have been here today. So obviously if I don't see you later, that means it's not good. Okay? So call me or show up. Bye. When the news cycle started, I told him I had to go back to school. And I even five minutes later, he held me down and started sucking on my neck. I was like, get off, babe, you're hurting me. He didn't do it for very long, but he did it hard enough to leave a huge, dark, purple mark. I guess he was trying to mark his territory. (laughs) When you haven't gone to school in a really long time, and you come in with a hickey, that looks bad. I tried to cover it up. I felt like my teacher was gonna look at me so disappointed. Testing, testing, hello. School just ended about 15 minutes ago. And today is the first day I've been in school for (laughs) at least the past month. (sighs) 
Not something I'm very proud of. I'm sure you're thinking, who the hell stays with someone like him for this long? Believe me, I get it. I think I'm an idiot. I don't know what makes me stay. I mean, one time I was trying to leave, and he took my sweater into the bathroom and peed on it. He spit in my face in front of company more than once. There are some things he's done to me that are just so embarrassing. I've never told anyone. I don't want people to look at me and say, you allowed him to do that to you, and you're still with him? So I just shut down and don't talk to anybody, including Nicole. This is what she thinks of the situation. I feel like basically you don't leave is because that when you come home, there's really no one here. She means that my mom works a lot and spends weekends at her boyfriend's. So she's not always home. Personally, you really have nobody. I feel like that's the real reason why you're still with Because you're, you're used to that environment. Always being with him every day. I know it's hard for you. always say it's hard for you to make new friends. Meanwhile, it's really not that hard. I mean, like, I didn't have that much of a hard time making friends when I was younger. I wasn't like that. I don't know when it changed or how it changed or... Because you shut down your whole confidence. It's hard to come back when you don't talk to anyone. Like, you haven't talked to or interacted with a person in, like, what, how long? And you expect to interact with new people. Yo. Hello? Hi, what are you doing? Nah, are you drunk? You promise? Nah, man. Because <laughs> you talk like you're twisted. Why are you laughing? Are you laughing at me because I'm an idiot? I'll think about all the stuff he's done to me. What? And just be like, I hate him. I hate him. What? I hate him. What are you talking about? You're not putting me on nothing. I'm going to stab you in the face. Not you. Oh. All right, bye. Not him. <sighs> he doesn't take. I feel like he doesn't take you serious. He doesn't. He doesn't take you like you don't. You don't scare him. I think this wouldn't have happened with someone my own age. I mean, Tony was the first guy I was ever seriously with, and I didn't know anything about being in a relationship, so I trusted him on how he thought things should be. In the beginning, I was always worried that he would break up with me. I remember the first time he did. I was just shivering, literally shaking. I didn't know how to be without him. I can't believe that I've been with him for five years now. That's over a quarter of my life. The first 50% of my life, I was probably pissing my pants and my mom was on drugs. So I blocked a lot of it out. Then I was fat for the next five years. I'm wasting my life. I see. Yep, so. Another diary. It's just come to a point where I'm pretty much unhappy all the time. I can't do this much longer. <laughs> I get told all day, every day that I'm an evil monster. And men, men's are the one that made the Verrazano Bridge. <laughs> this philosophy, and that's what he says to me. The longer I live with him, the more angry I get. Some girl kept coming around. She would not leave him alone. I wanted to beat her up, 
But then she started telling me what was actually going on. That she'd been seeing him on and off for the past two years. This isn't the first time he's cheated on me. But she's the youngest. She just turned 15. And Tony's 25 now. He's doing the same thing to her that he did with me. I always felt like I needed this huge epiphany or something crazy big to happen to end the cycle. But something just broke inside me. A switch turned off. And that was it. I'm done with him. <clears throat> Alright, Mom, I want you to be as truthful as possible and don't think I'm going to get mad at you for anything you say. I haven't really been home since I got together with Tony. I haven't had a chance for my mom to baby me. I feel like I missed out on that. For a lot of my life, actually. Um, what did you say when I said me and him were breaking up this time? I said, thank God. (laughs) (laughs) Did you believe me? I prayed so. Yeah, I wanted to believe you, yes, absolutely. Are you watering your truth down maybe just a little bit because I got mad at you last time you said that? Yeah, you you did get mad at me the last time I said that. Last time you said, um, how did you say? Oh, I said that we were broken up and you said, for how long this time? Oh, yeah. Two weeks, you're going to be back together, something like that. Is right. that how you really felt? Well, that's how it's been, basically. I mean, you, the longest you've broken up so far is six months. Mm. Do you think my relationship with him is like a drug? Or like an addiction? Absolutely. Yes, I do. I think it's a drug that you can't seem to stop. You want it. You know it's no good for you. And you want it. You want to caress it. You want to hold it. You want it to be in your body, to be next to your body. You want to um, suck in every minute thinking it's life. And then when it's over, you feel that it's not. Um, does my behavior remind you of in, in any way of your own? Absolutely. Just like me. Um, only mine was with the drugs, and I couldn't stay away. Um, do you think I was in any way more susceptible to being in an abusive relationship because of how life was growing up? I actually didn't see that coming, but I do see you as a caretaker. You want to take care of a man, and I'm kind of the same way. You also kind of take care of Pop-Pop like he's your child more than you take care of me like I'm your child. <laughs> Pop-Pop is my grandpa. You're not a child anymore. <laughs> if this if this could record my face. <laughs> yeah, so. I'm glad you're not with him now. So am I. And I love you with all my heart, all of my heart, all of my being and all my body. And I don't want to see you with him. I really don't. I, I hope you can find somebody, a better somebody. That you deserve, someone that deserves you. So, before I end this recording, do you believe this is the last time? (sighs) From your lips to God's ears, yes, I'm going to believe. Definitely power and prayer. All right, I guess we'll end on that note. Since she finished this story, Rainey graduated from high school and moved out of state. If you want to hear more of the backstory of how this piece came together, check out my producer's notebook at radiorookies.org. We got in touch with Rainey's ex to let him know what was in her story and to give him the opportunity to respond. 
He wrote back saying he didn't want anything to do with it and that, quote, multiple of the claims are completely wrong, unquote. And he added that some things were left out, but he didn't give any specifics. Rainey's piece was produced with help from Sean Cole of This American Life. All right, ready? Radio Rookies is supported by the A- Axe, right? The Axe Houghton Foundation. The Bay and Paul Foundations. The Fred L. Emerson Foundation. The Hive Digital Media Learning Fund and the New York Community Trust. The National Endowment for the Arts. Margaret Newbart Foundation. Newman's... Newman's Own Foundation, the New York City Department of Cultural Affairs, the New York State Council on the Arts, on the Arts of that, the Pinkerton Foundation, the Smart Family Foundation, the W. Clement and Jesse V. Stone Foundation, and Time Warner Cable. Radio Rookies is produced by Courtney Stein, Carvey Pitkin, and Andrew Mambo. Our mix engineers are Paul Schneider, Wayne Schulmeister, Casey Means, and Mike Jones. Radio Rookies theme music was produced by... Wait, what theme music? What, what theme music does Radio Rookies have? I don't know. <laughs> they were just trying to give somebody a shout out. <laughs>